Hey everybody, how's it going? Sam here again from Humans Aren't Robots, the podcast that takes a deep dive into the humans behind the modern world of creative business. If you're a long-time listener of the podcast, then today's guest will not be a stranger to you, Jim Antonopoulos. Jim is a uh, colleague of mine and uh, someone I consider a friend and, and a mentor. He runs Tank, which is a strategy and innovation consultancy based out of Melbourne. They do amazing work in the design space and around creative leadership and strategic thinking. He also puts out a weekly email, which I highly recommend people subscribing to. So um, the Weekly Journal of Creative Leadership, where he gives some insights from from his own learnings and people that he speaks to and clients. Uh, it's a really authentic and I, I personally find insightful email that, you know, I don't know how many emails you get in your inbox each week, but this is, this is one of them that I always look forward to opening. Uh, you can subscribe to that at marchfirst.com.au. We talk about March 1st and what that is in this podcast. So without me rambling on too much, I really wanted to just have a quick chat with Jim, given the situation that's happening with COVID-19 and him being a, a small business owner, much like myself. I wanted to get his lay of the land, how he's thinking about this, especially given that he spends a lot of time thinking about how to be an authentic creative leader in the age that we're living in. And given the changes in working environments and this sort of pressure cooker um, atmosphere that is around us at the moment, I, I really wanted to grab some of his insights. So that's what I did. Um, he was on the on on his car phone, so some of the audio is not studio quality, but you can definitely get through that because what Jim has to say is is worth listening to. And so we're going to dive right in. We just started talking about some of these changes that had happened through to COVID-19, in particular the remote working and uh, his take on that. So let's dive in with Jim Antonopoulos. Yeah, I, I think, um, look, honestly, I think remote work is the least of our worries. Mm. Um, what we saw over the first couple of weeks, especially here in Melbourne, um, was everyone just automatically became a remote working expert. And that was the conversation. I think that's the least of our worries. Um, but in the long term, yeah, we're going to need to mingle. We're going to need to get out there and interact with human beings. But I think, I think we'll find ways to do that. You know, um, you know, you and I have had multiple interactions over the last few weeks and we're having a conversation today. Um, I think those things will become, those moments will become more and more pronounced and profound over the coming weeks, coming months. And, I think I think we'll find a way. One thing that's always always frustrates me is how passive um, social media is generally. Right? There's there's a few there's a few people out there um, creating, and there's just a lot of people sort of watching. Um, but what I have noticed in the last you know couple of weeks, as people have sort of been forced, I suppose, um, into the, into their own boxes, into the into their homes, is that more people are connecting and you know using these tools that we do have available to us to actually have more meaningful conversations and not and not just sort of um, using them for sort of passive uh, entertainment or... Uh, completely agree. I'm sure there are thousands of people out there who have video conference for the very first time yeah, <laughs> um, and found found that, you know, I'm sure people are downloading applications they never considered downloading before. Um, absolutely. They're, you know, they're finding ways. You know, I think people will always find a way to interact 
um, and mingle and, and and get together, even if it even if we are locked in our homes for a little while. Uh, we'll stand on the street a few meters apart from our neighbors and have a conversation and a glass of wine. Um, we'll still do that. There's something quite touching about that. One of my um, one of my parents' friends, um, they live uh, in in a city in Adelaide. Um, but they had uh, last last Friday, I think, sort of a, a neighborhood drinks party. Everybody in the street was out sitting, you know, outside their house on on deck chairs, um, you know, all sort of ten ten meters apart. But I mean, it's something <laughs> something that they probably wouldn't normally do. But it's uh, it's nice no. seeing communities come together the best they can. Without a doubt, uh, that sounds amazing. That sounds wonderful. Yeah. Um, is it happening in your neighborhood? Not so much. Um, we've got a very. I'm in a very quiet street, so it, it's interesting though. Like I, I was out, I was out jogging um, yesterday morning and passed a few people. You know, with the um, it's quite an elderly population here, so with you know with with the distance, but um, everybody wants to stop and have a quick chat and just sort of you know it it, it does feel like we're all in this together. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, everyone's checking in. I think that's a, a new thing, you know. Um, I think I've found that a lot of people are checking in with me. I find that I'm checking in with a lot of people, just reaching out and saying, hey, you know, are you okay? How's it going? Um, I think that's really important. That's social cohesion. That's um, that's really important. That's something I was, I was interested to talk to you about. My, you know, one of my personal goals is to come out of this, I think, um, you know, change, change for good. Like I, I, I see this as an opportunity for change, but um, I, I know people and I, I read an article one of my friends shared with me the other day about, you know, that sort of, I suppose, that attitude of, you know, right, let's just keep going and get on with it. Maybe not, you know, being the right attitude for a lot of people. And, and there's, there's a lot of trauma and a lot of um, anxiety and a lot of, I suppose, coming to grips with this change that um, the article was talking about, you know, really needing the time to take not just rush forward into new ventures, but actually take time to properly stop and just sort of deal with what's happening. I don't know how how you feel about that. Well, I think it's I think it's smart to take a breath and take stock. I think it's the smart strategic thing to do. Um, that doesn't mean you're, we're we're not embracing change. That doesn't mean that we're not uh, willing to pivot our organisations or we're not willing to completely flip. Um, but taking stock, you know, taking a moment to think alone or with a team, um, I think that's, that's really, that's critical. That's absolutely critical. I think it's false to, you know, and I've also spoken to a lot of people who um, are ultra optimists, you know, who want to rush now into this new uh, whatever, and they can't define it, but they do sure. want to rush through this thing really quickly. Uh, without taking a breath, without pausing for thought. And I feel that, you know, like you said, you know, I feel that's to the mercy of uh, the uh, the high levels of anxiety that exist, the trauma that's, uh, that's happening around the world. You know, I just finished listening to the news and, you know, I just don't want to, like, what's happening in Spain is horrible, mm. uh, let alone what, what happened in Italy and um, other countries before that. So uh, to not acknowledge the trauma uh, whilst we're taking a breath and thinking of the new uh, economy and the new world we're stepping into, I think it's it's uh, that's a mistake. I think we need to you need to be uh, completely hyper aware of all ends of that spectrum uh, to make smart strategic choices. Otherwise, you're just making hopeful gambles. Mm. It's been like, have you felt that time has felt sort of compressed and sort of contorted <laughs> the last couple of weeks? Yeah, yeah. 
Look, I love um, structure and order. You know, my calendar's like a nice sort of Tetris map. It's all locked in, little block, time blocks and everything. Um, but, you know, yeah, time now has just sort of stretched and the cadence and pace of time has changed. Um, how about you? So three weeks ago, I think today, I believe, um, I was in, in, in Melbourne for a, um, for a barbecue competition. So we're supposed to be competing at, at, at meat <laughs> That's stock. right. But it was wake, mm. waking up in Melbourne on that Friday three weeks ago when the, the Grand Prix had been cancelled. And I sort of just felt, felt the gravity of the situation that day that, you know, the things were... And, and since then, time has... It's been very strange. Time has been... That feels like a, almost like a, a lifetime ago, but time's been going... Yeah. The days have been going very fast. I've sort of... It's six o'clock and I'm like, wow, where's the, where's the day gone? So it's a yeah. strange, strange mix of sort of compression and, uh, and yesterday feeling like a long time ago. Yeah, so true. And those key milestones, those big chunky things like the Grand Prix being cancelled. Uh, for me, it was you know it was that, but also the announcement of um, Qantas grounding its fleet and and standing down um, that amazing number of people, a huge number of people um, in, in at a moment's notice. That for me was a huge milestone. And then Virgin Australia slowly uh, following shortly after, um, and then the ripple effect of um, retail. Um, straight after that, wow, those milestones for me were like, well, this is snowballing fast um, and it's, yeah, it's getting really serious and it happened so quickly. Yeah, so time, the time shift, the time thing was um, really strange. For me, it was, um, you know, the only thing that I guess I could compare it with was um, September 11 and probably the, the early 90s wars that, uh, existed that um, the Bosnian conflict and the Gulf War when those things happened I remember having a similar sense of well what's going on here um, but this is at a different scale like, I, I, I completely agree with with those two events I mean I was, I was pretty young with the, the Gulf War but I remember I, I have this very vivid memory we're at our beach beach house my grandparents beach house and I remember watching you know that was sort of the first first kind of televised war wasn't it so watching footage of um, of them rolling into Kuwait and um you know just just that sense you know I, I, how old would I have been seven or something six or seven seven eight oh wow Sam. Um, but, <laughs> yeah I was, I was pretty young but um you know had you know heard all my grandma's stories of World War Two and like knew that knew that there had been times you know in the you know not not too distant past where things had been quite different and life had been quite different my grandma tells this story I, I love it where she had a um a uh, British um I think it was a Navy commander had given her a Mars bar during, during World War Two. She was, she was quite young in World War Two, but it was this sort of sacred object that she had and they would, mm. they would use a razor blade and slice like a slither off. I think she kept it for, for two years or some, some, some obscene amount of time <laughs> oh, wow. with this Mars bar. And I always, that, that, that story always stuck with me thinking about, you know, cause Mars bars are fairly prevalent, you know, when I was a kid, right? It's easy to get a Mars bar, but yeah. knowing that yeah. times had been different. And I remember thinking, watching that thinking, is this, is this a time where things will be different? Um, yeah. Which it didn't amount to, obviously. I mean, not for us. Yeah. Yeah. And hearing their stories, hearing that generation's stories, and like my father's of that generation, my father's 85. He lived through World War Two and occupation. And um, just, I, I call him and I'm really sad that I don't, you know, we're so distant now because we can't see him and he's in a high risk group. Um, but I call him and we chat, and, you know, hearing their perspective of having lived through, you know, remarkable awful circumstances 
and drawing parallels um, is really humbling it's, um, and sobering, really quite sobering, actually. Um, but, yeah, yeah, but here we are, you know. Um, here we are in the thick of it. Mm. So, uh, you know, I'm a firm believer that constraint and um, challenges, uh, you know, are a time when, when evolution happens and when we, you know, we have to overcome challenges, you know, we have to adapt. Uh, that That's when, you know, you see... You know, you see sparks of brilliance, and you you can apply creativity in ways otherwise you hadn't thought about. I'm interested, I suppose, as a as a leader and and, and running a, running a business and with a team. You know, how how do how are we going about going about balancing that sort of sense of optimism and and keeping people on track, and especially with this distributed workforce that that we're going to have for the next couple of months. You know, main, maintaining positivity and and also, I suppose, a sense of uh, a sense of reality. Well, there's a lot in that, isn't there? There's I think there's a lot of personal work we need to do just on our own um, because, you know, we have to manage our own stress and our own anxieties and fears of, of the businesses we run, um, our families. You know, that, that's, that's important work. Uh, a lot of the time, you know, you hear, um, you know, in the noise, you hear a lot about, you know, the hustle culture and you hear about leaders just sort of, giving, 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 and doing, 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 but not really talking about the work they need to do for themselves. So I think that's really important. And that's what I mean by, uh, I also mean by taking a breath, like taking a moment um, for ourselves, just taking stock first and foremost, um, asking ourselves, you know, really important questions. Um, you know, who am I in this crisis? Who am, who am I in this moment um, is really important. Um, and, and just really taking stock because without that, I don't think, I don't think we'll have the resilience um, and the resolve to, to really carry through. I think that we're at risk of burning out. We're at risk of uh, monumental failure and very personal failure as well. So I think that's, the fir- that's really the first piece of work we need to do. Um, you mentioned teams. Uh, I, I personally think that... Um, a lot of leaders um, today are going to start le- needing to learn a lot about empathy, uh, what it means, uh, how to define it, uh, how to practice it every single day, uh, not just once but all the time, every throughout the day, um, because we're going to need we're going to need enormous amounts of it. Um, in it, it, it's going to be this. I think it's just a standard for leadership and. Um, to manage teams and also manage, you know, clients have 20,000 people um, stood down, you know, the people probably hoping that they'll get their jobs back at some point or might not, you know. Uh, That requires enormous amounts of um, empathy um, to just manage that situation um, and and carry forward. And I think there's something... Yeah, there's something scary about you know working for some someone like a like a Qantas, and I, I suppose there is that giant level of sort of you know gap of of, of humanity there that you know ten thousand people, whatever it is, can can just sort of all of a sudden be jobless. And I, I think you know I'm I'm very thankful to be in a, a small team where I can practice empathy and, and have conversations. But I mean, at at, at scale like that, it, it's obviously much more difficult. As, as obviously, mm. I imagine. Across the board, there how many you know how many people's lives have sort of been turned upside down in an instant um, without without yeah. the ability to have conversations with people about you know what what's yeah. happening. 
Yeah. And, you know, having conversations about today, you know, the trauma of today at the same time as mapping scenarios for the future, that's going to be difficult, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, that's going to be difficult. And I, but that, that's the job that needs to be done. You know, we need to talk to our teams and our people about the trauma of today and, you know, the, yeah, the cutbacks that are needed, the, you know, the efficiencies that we have to put in place, you know, those difficult conversations. There, and I'm sure you've had them and I've had them. Um, and doing that whilst we are mapping out potential scenarios for our businesses and our clients and our products for the future. Um, and, you know, the smart thing to do is to map multiple scenarios yeah. because of the complete complexity and uncertainty that we're stepping into day by day. And, and I think, I mean, one of the things that's just become gl glaringly obvious to me is that, um, you know, even in times of uh, prosperity and, uh, you know, that's probably something that should be happening anyway. And I, th I think you can you quickly see as a, as a business owner, you know, where the, where your weak points are when something like this happens. Oh yeah. I mean, look at what we, I completely agree with you, Sam. Like, look at what we've just said. Well, what we just spoke about should be the absolute norm, shouldn't it? Um, have empathy for human beings, uh, map multiple scenarios for the future because anything could happen. I mean, shouldn't that just be the, the norm? As a leader, take a breath, uh, look after yourself first so you can look after others. I mean, come on, really. <laughs> that should be the standard. And I think the fact that we're all rallying now and talking about these things says a lot about the world we stepped out on. Hmm. It, it is that uh, I've written here sort of a, a global breath, but it is it is feeling a bit like you know we're we're, we're literally being forced to to stop and pause. I've never seen so many emails from from our partners and clients, you know, with with a real sense of sort of, hey, how are you? You know, you you always say hey, how are you, but this is generally just a sort of a, the top of your email templated. But there's actually quite a lot more sort of you know just human connection. I feel like you know on a on a business level. I agree. You know, there's a handful of people, uh, clients who I've worked with for probably the last eight to 10 years. Um, and, you know, they were the first, I just reached out to them immediately. Like I just, cause I've known them for so long, you know, it's a good chunk, a decade. Mm. They've been in my life and I've been in theirs and I just reached out quickly and just re made sure just to see whether they were okay. And, um, for no other reason other than just to check in and, and people and friends and colleagues, you know, um, you know, like yourself and other people that we know, it's so important that we just reach out um, and check in because, you know, that personal work is really important. Part of it is actually have, um, the resilience and resolve. Part of that is having people around you that you can rely on um, and that, that create safe spaces for us to, to lean on and listen and be listened to or to listen to. That's, that's part of stepping forward into, into some unknown territory. We need that. Yeah, I, I I I couldn't agree more. It's um, it's gonna it's gonna be an interesting journey. You know, I I feel a bit guilty because I I I've been I think I've been on a bit of a personal journey probably for the last year already thinking about some of these challenges that 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 now that COVID has sort of you know really brought to the forefront. But I feel guilty almost that you know I've I've, I've wished on this pause. You know, <laughs> it's um it's <sighs> it's I, I, I'm only being facetious, but it's um. It, it's it's a time where actually it's it's welcome to have you know a 
bit of that, you know, to use Scott Morrison's term, hibernation, um, where you can actually take some time to, from a business perspective and a personal perspective, take stock of where you're going and why, maybe more importantly, why you're going there. Yeah. Oh, you know, when the world slows down, you know, you, you know it's like, um, yeah, the pace changes and some people are a few steps ahead in their thought processes, processes, whilst others, um, uh, playing catch up, you know, it's a, it's a really interesting phenomenon. So, um, and it's fascinating. Yeah. Myself, uh, I kind of share your thoughts as well because over the last four or five years, I've you know, really pivoted and shifted my business around, um, to be a lot more agile and nimble. And, um, you know, yeah, so I've kind of, you know, working remotely and agile and changing, um, so quickly, you know, it's, it's wasn't that difficult for my business at all. Uh, yeah, you know, we've been thinking about empathy for a long time. I've been, um, I decided I would paint my living room last week because I've been sitting in my house and realized how, how, how gross it is. So I've been, I've been, I've been doing the day shift and then working as a painter at night, but I've been, um, oh, uh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I've been, re- re- how's that coming along? Oh, good. I quite enjoy painting. It's, uh, it's, uh, time to sort of, uh, you know, just, think and uh, sort of monotonous work actually I, I quite like at, at times because you I, I listen to audiobooks a lot but um, um which is which was my point I've been re-listening to Sapiens I don't know if you've read um, yeah I love um, that yeah it's good re-listening to it's really interesting because uh, I'm only about a quarter of the way through but talking about the sort of change from um, sort of pre-agriculture um, human lives um, and and what our days entailed you know was a, a simpler existence you know basically just just focused on survival really but um also also connect human connection but i think you know the the changes that you've made to your business over the last few years and 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 maybe some of the things that people are starting to realize now that we are sort of pausing is that the the way that we run our lives you know the 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 general sort of you know western culture is is not the be all and end all and there's, there's so many opportunities out there to change everything about the um the way we structure our existence and I see some excitement, you know, obviously things aren't going to change that radically, but maybe they will. So that, I see, I see some anxiety in uh, outcomes potentially on, on that sort of level of, you know, how can we, how can we reimagine the world? Oh, completely. And again, I think, you know, for me, my changes started very personally. They were very much, um, I very much started with myself and changed myself first before changing the business. You know, I asked myself um, big questions like, what kind of life do I want? Um, you know, what kind of business do I need um, to facilitate that life? Um, you know, what time do I want to wake up? What time do I want to turn up to work? What kind of work do I want to do? Um, I think a lot of people will be reassessing what type of work they want to be doing when they step into um, into new roles uh, or whether they pivot their businesses. They'll be asking themselves those big questions. Do we want to be doing the same thing we did before this um, or should we actually readjust and recalibrate um and i hope and i hope um many if not all businesses recalibrate recalibrate for good i've got a question for you around i think we spoke about this um last time i caught up with you but so i think transparency is is really important um especially during during a crisis but um this was around cash flow so i think in in one of your one of your uh, weekly emails you talked about having transparency around sales targets within a business so actually making a, mm. making sales targets kind of visible so you know the, the the team can understand essentially i suppose the um you know cash flow position or financial position of a of a business um mm. 
Nick was saying, and I, I tend to agree that in in these times when I mean we have seen a you know a drop in business that the economy is going to slow down. Maybe that's more important than ever to have you know real transparency for the team around the actual position of of a business. I, I'm just interested in, in maybe you explaining your thoughts around the the benefit of that. Yeah, many years ago, I worked with a really great man, uh, Russell, and he taught me so much about transparency and the way he ran his business. Um, and, um, you know, I really believe in um, helping people um, see um, the performance of an organization. I think it's really important. I think it's important to uh, create, you know, universal labels or names for performance um, so people just really understand and are prepared for the, the, the best and the worst that could happen. That uh, I think it's an it's a it's an act in preparing your team. Um, it's an act in preparation, and, and it creates strength and resolve. Um, although the if you think of the opposite, right, uh, you could um, underreact and show minimal information. Uh, so you don't want to alarm people. You want to underplay situations. You know, so you just want everyone feeling a sense of comfort. You know, what happens when the shit hits the fan? Um, if you look at the other extreme, if you over, constantly overreact and obsess over things and, um, and micromanage without people knowing um, the, the, the detail, the, the actual number they need to hit or the target they need to hit or the actual performance, you're creating a, a culture of panic and, and fear. So true kind of adaptive um, leadership um, and true or true leadership really um, creates that sense of trust and safety within the team that uh, where people feel comfortable um, understanding the best and the worst possible situation. And you do that by being transparent. Uh, you do that by, by showing them constant performance, not once a year, once a year is too late. It's, it's constant. And um, in the example that I gave the, 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 person that I, I mentioned I work, used to work for many years ago, um, it was every Friday, it was every week, every seven days, uh, we had a pulse check um, of targets and performance. So we could see shifts uh, coming from a mile away um, and we were able to adjust. And that creates um, a real sense of um, uh, responsibility in a team um, and accountability in leaders, which are really important. Uh, some people don't like that. And I've seen that in my experience, Sam. Where you know I've I've always run a very transparent organisation. I've really tried to anyway, um, and I've seen people react. And I've seen people, and people have told me. I've had a few people tell me, "Look, um, you know, the performance of the business is really not my business." And that you know that if anything's a, a sort of a, what's the word, the death knell of their tenure. I mean, it's, it's that right. Um, in what's um, the the book Good to Great mentions, people are either on the bus or or off the bus, right? Um, and that's that's so true. I've seen it because, and I've seen people who cannot handle transparency. So they can, that's fine, and they just don't actually belong in the bus. What kind of, in terms of um, like a pulse check around performance? So would that would that stem down to a, a team level as well, or is that more around sort of the business performance? I think it's both. You know, I, you know, we use the the OKR system, which is really um, great, and it's also so malleable. You can sort of make it your own. Um, but it it's a it's a simple trickle down objectives and key results, uh, which a lot of organisations use now. Um, yes, every team should have their own objectives and measurable results, and see how they map up to the 
to the business objectives and results. Um, otherwise, you know, what are they doing? They're kind of sailing rudderless. Mm. The, the thing that I really like about that as, as a leader is I, I'm always searching for accountability. So sort of when you're the top of the top of the rung um, in an, in an organization or the buck stops with you to an extent um, it, it's actually hard to, 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 to make yourself accountable. I've actively sort of reached out and tried to make myself accountable to external parties and then to the team. But I think having that, that the business performance quite transparent, it, it really does. One, it makes you accountable to the team, if, you know, in my role, sort of, you know, with my, with my sales hat on, but also makes the team understand, I suppose, the, the pressures and the reality of the situation. Um, and I think the people that are on the bus will, will rise up to the occasion and, and work out, okay, well, this is a, this is a time where maybe we need to double down and, and, and help whoever it might be um, in, in ways that maybe sit outside of our roles. Um, I think you, you'll see people become more creative around how they can um, imp- impact and input into the business. Yeah, absolutely. And the, some will just jump off the bus and that's mm. perfectly fine as well. Um, you know, it's a, it's, it's a cleansing. <laughs> Cause that's, and I've had this conversation with a few, a few colleagues and, and then their fear has been, you know, that creating a sense of um, uh, anxiety or insecurity within a team, especially if, you know, if the, if the, if the you know, I suppose in, when the business is booming, it's great, you know, share, share the, but you know, in those, in those um, down times, you know, are they going to be worried about their, um, you know, their employment and, and, uh, my my gut feeling is 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 the same as yours. It, 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 it's either going to strengthen the bond and, and and have people along for the ride, or it's you know yes, it may it may it may, it may create a um a barrier for some people, but they're, they're probably not the right people. Then I completely agree. You know, if we we're playing on a on a sport on a in a sport um, as a team, that'd be like not looking at the score. You know, quarter to quarter, we wouldn't be looking at the scoreboard, so we wouldn't know how hard to try in the next quarter. And what's the point of playing? The analogy is, is, is very pertinent. It's interesting how many businesses don't run like a, a sports team would. <laughs> it's fascinating. <laughs> it is fascinating. I read somewhere that the New Zealand All Blacks count how many times they drop the ball in training. Wow. You know, like, <laughs> you know, and that's a number that they measure. It's an actual number that they look at week to week. How many times they drop the ball in training. Now, to apply that to a digital agency yeah. or a, you know, a digital firm or a creative firm. Yeah, that's yeah, like it's game changing. <laughs> yeah, it really is. And if you're not if you're not bringing your A game during training, then why would you bring it on the field? That's right. Yeah, if you if you don't want to train like you know you're out in the field, then what what are you doing? You know, um, you know. I spoke to the person you mentioned. We spoke to Reg Crawford, who's an ex SAS commander. They train like it's real, right? <laughs> They train for real. <laughs> um, so the, if you're not training for reality, then you know, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's such a simple analogy, but I, I feel like it, it, it gets lost a lot of the time. And, and, and there's an, an intensity around. It doesn't even have to be a, an elite sports team, even just at a, you know, a, a fun level. There's, there's a, there's a, it's very quick to see people that aren't, you know, aren't in the game, aren't there? Aren't aren't there? Not necessarily to win, but to do their best for the team. I completely agree. You know, my daughter plays you know grassroots netball. You know, at half time, they ask, "What's the score? What do we need to do in the next half?" You know, mm. um, 
it's simple. Uh, it's just really simple. So just, you know, on your point about transparency, you know, I think it's key to high performance. And, you know, as we step into, you know, a new economy, uh, we, we step into hopefully the end of this pandemic soon. You know, I hope we kind of see a readjustment in the performance of a lot of businesses. And I hope the numbers that they're measuring are, are really meaningful numbers. I think they, I hope they're empathic numbers that they're measuring, uh, human numbers that show real human impact, uh, and positive human impact, uh, rather than chasing the dollar just for the sake of chasing the dollar. There's a level of sort of uh, creativity that, that needs to be brought in from a leadership team to start changing what some of those what some of those metrics are. Um, we, we I've been talking about how do we measure when the team goes out of their way to do something for for one of our for one of our partners that um, you know is not necessarily required but is going to just that little bit extra that, that that makes all the difference. And to me, that's 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 more of an important metric than you know, did we meet budget on the project or, you know, did you perform these six tasks in less than whatever the time it is? Um, I, I'd like to try and um, foster a team that's focused on doing those extra little, um, you know, unknowns than, than just focusing on the, the, the clock. Yeah, probably a balance of both would be yeah, even sure. better, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's difficult to, to set up systems and, and, um, it, ta- it takes some creativity to actually sort of breed that into an organization. I mean, it's 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 easier in a business like mine with you know um, you know less than twenty people. But I, I imagine taking these things to scale then does take some real change. Phenomenal effort, you know, and that's where it's on the individual leaders to make that personal change themselves to really um, understand empathy and understand high performance in teams, um, and you can see that play out in. A lot of other organizations, sports, etc. Um, but you know, in, in at scale in corporates, um, the individual leaders within those organizations need to make that very personal change themselves uh, to be able to um, to lead such such ma- massive pivots and also such such massive transformations that are going to play out in the coming months. So uh, you've been busy working on March first. I uh, saw so that you've released. Uh, do you want to? Tell us, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I have. Yeah, it's been a bit of fun. We started, we kind of experimented with that last year for a year, um, myself and Marita and uh, Damien. Uh, Marita and I co-authored a kind of leadership briefing once a fortnight. Uh, we kept getting asked by CEOs and you know, kind of organizational leaders about um, the resources we use, et cetera, and um, the ideas, where our ideas came from, and the tools we use. So we kind of give them a bit of a snapshot briefing once a fortnight. Um, we tested it last year, just really raw, kind of messy MVP. Um, and that kind of worked really well. And what we learned over the last year was there was a real appetite to, um, to, for online learning and digital learning. And I had my strategy course as a, as another kind of thing that I was doing and, and a couple of other online tools as well. Uh, and we just brought the whole thing together into one kind of, oh, well, I think it's still a minimum viable product, but um, sort of one entity that um, has a kind of membership in the background where we kind of cult- we want to cultivate kind of an online community um, and, you know, around personal transformation, around creating better leaders. And I think the, the world's going to need people to step up um, and, and acknowledge their leadership potential. Um, and we saw March 1st as a, as an avenue that we could do that. So, you know, it'll be interesting to how it plays out. I don't know how it's going to play out. We've got some plans, but 
uh, yeah, that's what part of the excitement of developing products, isn't it? It's um, putting it out there, letting people sort of touch it and feel it and experiment with it, um, and then getting feedback and um, and insight. So yeah, I'll, I'll I'll check back in it with you and let you know how it's going. Beautiful. It, I mean, it it feel it feels very pertinent, and a lot of the content that you've been putting out for for a long time now, um, you know, really mirrors i think the journey that a lot of people are going to need to take in the next uh, the next the next few years probably so um I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how it plays out no cool thank you and um damien um carolla who i do my podcast with um he's really he's a great old psych person leadership psych person um who you know i've kind of learned a lot from and uh but we're we're running a series of sort of monthly uh, video webinars or whatever you call them. We're just going to experiment, have just have really open conversations and about this sort of stuff. I think it's, I mean, it's important to have those conversations, whether or not you re- release it or record it. But uh, mm. having someone that you can check in with and, ha- and have those that, those types of chats is uh, oh, it's healthy. Is very important. It's so yeah, healthy, very healthy, you know, and cathartic, and yeah, you, you feel listened to. It's so important, um, and just to listen to someone else and try to understand the world from their perspective it's um enlightening and it helps us all grow i think it's so important especially at this time mm. all right mate well i won't take up too much more of your friday what have, what have you got on got on the cards today i've got a couple of reports to write today i've got my kids at home as i mentioned so i'm also mindful that i need a structured day for them so i'll be doing that first and uh, I might go for a couple of runs. That's the other thing, you know, um, the gym's closed, so I'm missing my CrossFit. And um, so I'm doing a, a run in the morning, which I did just before we chatted, and uh, might do one in the afternoon and, you know, just try to keep fit, you know. Um, yeah, and th- that's my Friday, really. What about yourself? Very similar. I do F45, but I've been struggling, starting to form a new routine. So I've been running as well and doing a bit of a, doing a bit of sort of cardio work in the in the lounge room, um, and yeah, trying to trying to find structure. We don't we don't have kids, so I don't have that extra element of uh, uh, chaos in the household. And uh, it's it's been interesting talking to some mates around having to fit that structure into their into their oh, days too. It's a whole, whole, whole other challenge. We're not um my someone said to me the other day, we're not really working from home. We're um we're managing the kids every single day. Uh, we're looking after home and the stress and anxiety that we're feeling because of this crisis. And in between all of that we're trying to do a little bit of work. You know, um, it's, yeah. we're not really yeah, work isn't the first thing because and I'm sure and I've spoken to all my, a lot of my clients we, we all agree on this <laughs> yeah and I think there is something to be said around this stimulus package that has just come out that does give a lot of a lot of business not just small businesses a little bit of breathing room because there, there it is difficult to try and manage all you know all the all the things that we just have to do to, to, to get by plus this added sense of you know, anxiety and stress about the our, our world being thrown upside down. So, um, it's definitely it definitely is a time where we need to, uh, I suppose, take the foot off the accelerator a, a bit and, and take stock. Yeah, it is. It is. And um, I hope you um, look after your team and your people and yourself as well, Sam. And yeah, I hope you're safe and well over the coming weeks. And I'll, I'm sure we'll be checking in with one another anyway. Yeah, cheers, mate. I, I appreciate the conversation always and, uh, and, and your time. Thank you, Sam. You take care. No worries, you too. Cheers, mate. 
Hey, how's it going? Sam here again. Thank you so much for listening, as always. So I mentioned during our last episode that we're we're in a, a kind of purgatory at the moment in terms of our uh, podcasts and, and when they're being released. I'm interested in having conversations if and when they, they come about. So our traditional sort of fortnightly release uh, may be a bit staccato. In the background, we're actually working on something really exciting, which I will continue to talk about as I as I release these over the next few weeks. But uh, please, please bear with us. If you enjoy the conversation, as always, please share it across social and uh, tell a friend. If you want to find out more about Jim, head to um, marchfirst.com.au. There you can find out about his academy, um, the weekly journal that I mentioned, and also his podcast that we talked about, which is called Fearless, uh, which you can find on everywhere you get good podcasts. So thank you so much. Everybody out there, stay safe, stay sane, get outside when you can, get some fresh air, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Thanks. Thanks.